Hey there, Box Office Bros listeners. This is Corey from the Box Office Bros. And sorry that this episode's a little bit late. I, I've had family in town. It's been very hard being in an environment, environment when I could record and everything like that. So I recorded a 15-minute podcast just on my lonesome because Chance is out of town. And I know it's supposed to be Indie Week, but I don't have my dates. <laughs> I didn't have all like my dates and ducks in a row and all that stuff. So I pushed it to next week, but that'll be fun. Um, I'm going to have my friend Cece on that podcast. It's going to be a good time. And yeah, just to let you know, I made a real goof with my recording. So this is not going to be the best sounding podcast that I've released, but I did everything I can. I'm still releasing it because I think it's a lot of time. I think it's a fun time. Um, It's going to kind of sound like I'm Skyping, to be completely honest, but I enhanced the audio as much as I could. Uh, so yeah, uh, we talk about, um, Millie Bobby Brown during this podcast and how she's, um, supposedly cast to be in the Eternals movie. We talk about the reactions to the Lion King. And since this is a little later, I wish I knew that the reactions were as vitriolic as it is, (laughs) but it was just when it was starting to get that negative buzz and everything like that. So, you know, I talk about that and, you know, I may or may not mention The Last Jedi again, but, you know, (laughs) but y'all enjoy the podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey there, box office bros listeners. How's it going? You know, it's it's me, it's Corey. And, you know, today, as I, you know, may have mentioned in the intro, which is why I'm just mentioning it again. <laughs> today, I'm doing stuff by myself today, you know? I'm recording because Chance has often gone missing. And Chance was like, no way, Jose. I am getting out of the podcast game. Just kidding. You'll be back in like two weeks. And then we're going to talk about spoilers on Spider-Man Far From Home. It's going to be a good time. But anyways, with that being said, let's get right into that news. Movie news. Today's going to be kind of like a, just more like a conversation, to be honest. Like conversation, one-sided conversation by myself. Where I kind of just talk about whatever's happening in movies right now. Like right now, um, right now Lion King is like huge. <laughs> like everybody's freaking out about Lion King right now. And it's really interesting because um, I'm just going to rattle off some Twitter reactions from The Lion King. Like, John Campia, big friend of the show. Not really. He's not a friend of the show. He doesn't really know I exist. But um, Chance and I mention him a lot because he's just a very, he's a good reviewer. And I, you know. I disagree with him sometimes, but he's still a good reviewer. And this is his reaction to Lion King when he saw it at the premiere. Lion King. I've only openly cried four times um, or in four movies in my life. It's now five. Movie is absolutely fantastic. Worthy of the 1994 original. Opening scene had me bawling and slobbering uh, like a slobbering like a baby. Hilarious, nostalgic, filled with heart. Loved it. So, you know, that's pretty interesting and, you know, pretty, pretty dang cool. But, you know, on the other hand, there's, um, you know, you have to talk about the negative things and kind of the positive things Um, with The Lion King. uh, Let's see here. Uh, Joshua Rothkop. I don't know how to pronounce that. Sorry. From Time's Out. And he is a Rotten Tomatoes top critic. Anyways, um, he says, This new Lion King is the invader of the real world. Its characters is akin to stuffed trophies mounted on a wall. They're lifelike, yes, but somehow not alive. I don't know. Here's the thing. And like Pat Brown from Slant Magazine, I'm not trying to say negative things. I'm just saying that negative things have been said about the film. Like there is something very cheap in the core of this film it's overtly an ostentatiously um, expensive film, reliant as it is to our memory of the original, um, to accentuate every significant moment. And I don't know. It's just like one of those things where it's like, I don't Here's the thing. With those negative ones, I am kind of like, 
I don't know if I really I haven't seen the film obviously so I'll like check it out when I check it out and Lion King is my favorite animated film ever which it just is like it's great um but what do they want like what like what do these people want do they want them to completely change it up and make it a completely different film okay then why call it the lion king you know so these are disney live action remakes they're not reboots they're remakes so i think these people are coming from the lens of just <laughs> kind of you know just thinking that they're just gonna just just gonna be this completely new thing or something like that so that's like why i really urge people to gauge their expectation and really think about the movie they're going to see like for instance star wars fans <laughs> you know you know me i love talking about star wars fans but here's the deal with star wars fans and i'm one of them they go into a movie they go into a star wars movie and they're like yo i want this star wars movie to literally be exactly the way that i want it to be to the point where I hate the articulation of a certain of a character's voice when they say something. Like, what is that? I don't even know what that means. What is your problem? What's going on here? My goodness, stop it. But honestly, I, I <laughs> with that being said, it's just one of those things where you have to really just get into what movie you are gonna be in here and you need to be like hey this is a reboot hey this is a remake hey this is not this ha this movie happens to not be the story that i thought it would be and you know you can have whatever opinion on film that you like like that's fine but my big thing is just making sure that you don't give yourself false like expectations or unrealistic expectations when you go into a film because i don't know sometimes i feel like with some of these movies like comic book movies or these remakes or anything like that people just expect their life to be changed and for it to be the best movie ever and i'm not saying that negative feelings against the film should not exist i tend to skew a little bit positive and i try to like and I try to find things that I like in everything because I love movies, even really bad movies in my opinion. Like, I can find something that I really like in a bad movie. But it's just one of those things where I think that being positive might be a little better. And just, like, realizing what films are, you know? And I don't know. From what... And I'm going to talk about it here right now because I'm on this Lion King kick. I was, was going to talk about this in the middle of the show, but I was like, oh, whatever. But... Um, there's some clips released, and, like, Timon and Pumbaa, like, Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen sound amazing. And they're singing the end of Hakuna Matata, and Don Glover's singing with them, and they're singing. And it's just, like, it's just so, it makes me so happy, and I'm super excited to see this film. It's gonna be great. I'm, like, I'm, I'm actually gonna have to buy my tickets here soon. But that being said, I'm just super excited and very stoked to check out the film. So it's just one of those things where I'm kind of just like, okay, I'm not going to get all like, and plus like, even like with critics being positive about something, I don't really pay attention to it all that much. Like, I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's good that people liked it. But you know, you got to just try to look at a film through the lens of yourself and look at the film through the lens of the actual film and be like, okay may not have turned out the way that I liked it, but that's still a film. And I need to look at it from what it is, not my expectations of it. Because what I was getting at is just people just have weird expectations when it comes to films. Like, I don't know. It's one of those things where people are like, I thought this moment was going to be in the Star Wars movie, so I'm mad. I thought that um, Luke was going to lift up a ton of rocks and flip around and do something crazy and be awesome and just um, completely lay down the force and be amazing and be awesome and just do all these crazy things in The Last Jedi. And that didn't happen, and that made me mad. But here's the deal. I think that one could also say that the story that Ryan Johnson did tell was a very personal one and a very hard one. 
it was even hard for um Mark Hamill to come to grips with. Like and that's and and honestly, like, yeah. And this isn't I really don't want this to become the talk about the Last Jedi podcast. It's just the kind of thing that my mind gets to when it comes to expectation of the film. Because I think it's really interesting, like the way that people um got into that film because it's really I don't know, I just think it's kind of a nothing burger to be like, well, I wanted the film to do this when that wasn't even in the film, period. You know? So I get being disappointed, but um, I don't get being like, well, this thing that didn't happen, that wouldn't work in this particular film, narratively, didn't happen, so I don't like it. I just think that's kind of a foolish thing to... That's just a bit foolish in my opinion. But with that being said, Lion King looks really good. It's getting some good reviews. I don't think that I talked... <laughs> enough about um the positive reactions so i'm just gonna read off some positive reactions to it um it's just one of those things where it's like but you know people really liked it people um i'm trying to look for the, I'm I'm sorry. I am really, I'm really bad at like looking at, um, like searching something and tweeting and talking at the same time because I just am not a multitasker. But anyways, yeah. Perry Nemiroff from Collider said, "Lion King has always been my favorite Disney animated movie, and this rendition is a beautiful reminder. A beautiful reminder why. Happy to welcome." Back familiar chills, emotions, and tears. In awe of the visual wizards behind this one. Timon and Pumbaa are everything. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, it's like, there's that. And a lot of people, and the thing is, there are people who um, dislike the film. Like I'm just looking through Twitter. And here's the thing about people disliking the film and I'm like uh, I guess I'm just like I don't know I guess it's just fr it's sad seeing people dislike something that I really like even though I haven't seen the remake but I've seen the original um I guess it's one of those things where I think so many people really like the Lion King that um they will harp on and get a little bit more on it that they would get on a Aladdin or a Cinderella or a um or a Jungle Book especially because not a lot of not a ton of like I don't know people weren't going as crazy around the Jungle Book they're like oh wow this is fun the animation's cool and people are saying the same things about this one but they're like it's the same movie and I'm like okay guys okay you know I don't know I guess I don't know. I don't know why, like, I'm trying not to seem kind of upset, but I just want people to have fun at the movies again. I feel like everything's about what everybody's like, this experience needs to be the exact way that I want it to be. And I guess that's a valid point of criticism, but it's just like, I just really, I don't know. I just feel like people don't enjoy movies as much as they, as they do anymore. But with that being said, I am going to go into another movie news topic so have y'all watched stranger things 3 yet of course you have everybody's watched stranger things 3 it's the highest rated um is <laughs> the highest rated uh netflix series like as far as like viewership it broke netflix's record this last week and i think that's crazy because it's probably quite a big record because a lot of people have netflix um uh, but we're, you know, we're actually going to get more into streaming later in the episode, hopefully. But, yeah, we'll see. But anyways, let's talk about this. According to Variety, Millie Bobby Brown of Stranger Things fame will join Angelina Jolie, Kumal Nanjiani, and Richard Madden, which is Rob Stark from Game of Thrones, in the cosmic comic book movie, the Eternals. 
and this is coming, um, that's according to Variety, and I'm reading a um, article from IGN saying this, and it says, Keanu Reeves and Salma Hayek are already, uh, are reportedly up for roles in the Disney um, film, and it will be directed by Chloe Zhao. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. So, yeah, what do I think about um, Millie Bobby Brown? Being in, you know, straight or being in the Eternals, reportedly, according to Variety, which means it's kind of confirmed, um, as close of a confirmation as we'll get before um, Comic Con this year. But yeah, here's the thing I think that it's really, really um, good casting because, first of all, she's already used to looking at things that aren't real and then acting like they are <laughs> like looking at a blue or being around blue screens and green screens and all that stuff. And, you know, she's good at convincing people that she has powers. So I think it's a perfect fit. I just hope that they don't do the whole thing where it's like, well, Billy Bobby Brown's here. She's not doing anything, but she's here because we're Marvel, which it doesn't happen a ton. Like, I'm trying to think of like, like, I don't know if Donald Glover in um, the Spider-Man films is going to be a nothing burger quite yet. But if that's the last Spider-Man movie that he's in, it definitely is, which is kind of a bummer. So there's that. But um, it's I'm just like really excited um, to like because I'm just hoping that it's a, you know, big role. Um, so I think it'll be really cool to check out what she is, you know, doing here. And yeah, I, I don't know a ton about the Eternals, to be honest. Um, so, like, I know there's Cersei, and people think that Angelina Jolie is playing her, and she's always wanted to be, like, connected to Earth in a certain sense, and that's really interesting, and, yeah, like, I'm just really, um, interested in the Eternals, because it's just, like, I think it's cool setting a story so like early in the timeline because i guess i think people are theorizing that it's going to be years and years and years ago you know maybe you're going to see thanos's grandpappy in there because he's a deviant because he has the herb because they have the because he's an eternal and they have the deviant gene and you know thanos has the deviant gene and all that stuff and so like dang looks like it'll be a really interesting dealio i just kind of need to like know more and i need to read more um eternal stuff because you know, I like comic books. I read comic books. I just haven't really read a ton of the stuff with the Eternals. So, yeah, I'm not the best person to, you know, rattle off information about it. And I'm not going to act like I am. <laughs> but with that being said, I am really excited for Millie Bobby Brown to be a part of this. I think it will be a ton of fun. I'm, yeah, I'm just really excited. So, yeah. Let's see here. Some more news. Storm Reed joins Idris Elba in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. What, what are you talking about? Is this some sort of Suicide Squad? Whoa, is this some sort of Suicide Squad? This is what happens when I'm alone. I just... I just say a lot of dumb things. But anyways, <laughs> Storm Reid, uh, uh, she's in um, Wrinkle in Time. She's in Euphoria right now, uh, the HBO series Euphoria. Um, she's just one of the newest. She's one of the newest up-and-coming um, young actors around in this movie sphere right now. So, yeah, that's what she's, you know, that's what she's doing. She's having a good time. And, well, hopefully she's having a good time. But anyway, she's joining Idris Elba in Suicide Squad. In Suicide Squad. Was it some sort of, what is this? Is it some sort of casting announcement? Anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> she'll play the daughter of Idris Elba. Um, she's joining the heavy-hitting cast of Warner Brothers Suicide Squad. And yeah, Margot Robbie's gonna be in it. Joel Kinnaman's gonna be in it. Jai Courtney's gonna be in it. And Viola Davis is returning as well. And John Cena is apparently gonna be in this. Wow, that's that's cool. And you know, I'm 
I'm pretty excited for this. You know, it says they're gearing up for a September, uh, for a September shoot, and James Gunn is going to do his thing. I think that the Suicide Squad movie is going to be great. Hopefully, like, I kind of like James Gunn, like doing like really like kind of raunchy stuff, like <laughs> like he did in Super and different things like that. And so, like, I kind of hope that this is rated R, but I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be rated R or not. And even if it's not rated R, like he can add a lot of his James Gunn isms to it to just make it edgy and just funny and cool. And I'm just really happy that James Gunn is getting work and he's going to be doing this and the new guardians of the galaxy film. And yeah, it's like, I'm just super, super duper stoked for all of this. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a ton of fun. And I just hope that, um, yeah, I just hope that, everything turns out well for, you know, our boy, our boy James Gunn. It's going to be a good time. And I'm not even sure. Maybe I should, maybe I, the guy who, who's claiming to know all these things about movies, who is Idris Elba playing? Because, um, like, they were saying that, because he was going to originally play Deadshot, and then they changed who he was, like, going to be playing. And they were like, because originally it was like, oh, he's replacing Will Smith as Deadshot. And I was like, that's fine. Will Smith as Deadshot is basically just Will Smith playing a hitman. <laughs> it's not, he's not playing Deadshot. But um, with that being said, you see, people were like saying that it's Bronze Tiger and all those things like that. And I think that that was probably just a rumor, to be honest. So, like... Like, I'm thinking that was, yeah, I am genuinely thinking that was just, like, a rumor, so I'm not sure if that's technically it, but if it was Bronze Tiger's son or daughter, that would be interesting, that would be kind of cool, but, you know, with that being said, what do you guys think? What do y'all think about Storm Reed being in the thing? Like, I, I don't know, like, I know I didn't say much about her in general, like she's she's good she's really good she's a talented girl so like she's gonna be great in anything she's in i don't know if this is gonna be a huge role um if it is a huge role that'd be like pretty cool and kind of funny but yeah but with that being said let's get right in to that next piece of news gary oldman to star in david pick fincher's biopic of citizen kane co-writer Herman Mankiewicz. Um, so, yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. The answer is a billion, gazillion, billion, jillion, yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. Um, <laughs> so, it's like one of those things where... Ooh, but uh, David Fincher's father, Jack Fincher, um, wrote the script. And um, Gary Oldman is like like i'm guessing that gary oldman is going to be is going to be herman the guy who wrote um who was uh you know he's a newspaper um he's a journalist uh who wrote citizen kane with um orson well with orson wells and everything like that and yeah so it's just like one of those things um, it's going to be set up for Netflix and they're planning to shoot this fall. And yes, I'm reading the article and yes, Gary Oldman is set to play him. And, um, yeah, so it's, I think that this is a really perfect thing for someone like David Fincher to kind of attack. And I think it's kind of hilarious or it's not hilarious, but it's cause it's a very interesting and deep story of a lot of intrigue and very it's very cinematic in nature about art and about credit and about where credits do and different things like that and it's kind of crazy because ben minkowitz um herman minkowitz's um great um great grandson is even like defending his great grandfather up to this day 
because Herman uh, does a lot of stuff, or Herman, Ben Mankiewicz does a lot of stuff at the Young Turks. He talks about politics a lot. He's kind of in the same vein as his father and his grandfather and everybody kind of in their family. They're journalist types. They're pundit types. Um, ben, um, he's on Turner, he's on Turner movies and all that stuff. He's on TCM and all that stuff. And, you know, so yeah, he's, he's a really good, he's a good film reviewer in his own right and everything like that. And so I think it's kind of interesting that the story, like, even though it was a little while ago, it was still kind of, you know, recent kind of, you know, Citizen Kane. And there, you know, it's the story. And I guess that I just didn't really mention it is. This is about the story of like writing Citizen Kane and all the stuff like this prolific film. Like whether you like or dislike Citizen Kane, you really can't. <laughs> you have to understand that everything that we see in film right now stems from Citizen Kane, and so it's very important. I think that David Fincher's cold and calculated style just fits this perfectly. And, you know, because it just brings me back to the whole, like, um, just um, David Fincher doing things like The Social Network. And I just thought that that was just super interesting because of the way they just set up these stories. And, you know, it's a Netflix movie, so hopefully it's good. It's just that Netflix hasn't been making really all that great movies for some work. Like, some of them are quite good. Like, yeah, some of them are very good, like Roma, but <laughs> I'm really hoping that this is more on that line of things than some of the other ones, like that one weird one that they had with What's-His-Face. Gosh, I just remember, oh no, it was a Paul Rudd, and it just, like, it looked super good. Uh, Danny Boyle is, um, Danny Boyle is directing it, and it's just like, wow, this looks really sweet. Interesting premise. Then it's just like kind of sputtered out and wasn't all that great. <laughs> but, you know, with that being said, um, David Fincher's a part of this. I can't help but buy it because David Fincher's just amazing. You know, Gone Girl made me, made me, you know, not, not date for years. It had nothing to do with me just not being able to find a girlfriend, but uh, uh, no. But no, yeah, but <laughs> joking aside, uh, Gone Girl, like, Gone Girl's fantastic. Seven is fantastic. And like like I said, the social network is also fantastic. And Fight Club. Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club. We just don't. Even though I'm talking about it in the podcast, so don't tell anybody. But anyways. Yeah. Dave Fincher. He's the master. So I'm really excited for this. I think this is a perfect thing. I am kind of sad that Aaron Sorkin isn't writing it. But... I think it should be fine. It's going to be cool. It's going to be a cool deal. I just really want some more Aaron Sorkin, David Venture team-ups. Because, you know, that's just, that's, just, that's just what I want. Aaron Sorkin is just one of probably my favorite screenwriters. So, yeah. Let's get more into that news. Let's get right into the news. News, 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 news. This is what happens when Chance isn't here. I just, like, kind of ramble and, like, tell my own inside jokes to myself. It's just so off-putting. I miss, I miss my Chance. My Chancey Poo. Chance, if you're listening to this, you suck for not being here. <laughs> I'm kidding. Have fun. Be, get home safe. Anyways. Yeah. So, let's just... I'm just gonna look through um some news and just see if i want to like read something off or anything like that you know oh yeah any of y'all um any of y'all you know like uh played cuphead cuphead is getting a netflix series i think that's interesting i haven't played cuphead because i don't have an xbox but just came out for switch so i think i'm gonna um go ahead and buy that and see how Cuphead is, because apparently it's quite good. So, like, yeah, it's I'm 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 pretty excited for it, and yeah, I think it's I think that that'd be pretty cool because it'll be like in the because like they it's gotten awards for music and visual flair, like it looks great and everything like that. So, I am very very stoked for this film. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a great time. 
And yeah, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's good. It's good. I kind of want to talk about something that I've been thinking about a little bit. I'm trying to think about, you know, how they show videos of cast members of these big movies or these TV shows like Stranger Things, and they show them having so much fun on set, and they're having a great time, and they're like, yo, guys, we're having a great time, and we're on set. This is good. This is amazing. Yeehaw. Ha yeet. And, uh, you know, they're doing their things. And I was kind of just like, yo, are they really having that much fun? Like, I know, I, I think they are, but it's just kind of crazy how, like, <laughs> studios even use, like, studios could easily be like, hey, post these videos once the movie comes out or post these videos as things are here just to put out buzz. So I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, do you think stuff like that is disingenuous? Or do y'all think that that's just, like, really just people having fun posting stuff? Because, you know, they have, like, there is a producer or there are their agents literally paying attention to everything that they're doing, every fun thing that they're doing. And they're like, no, nah, can't post that. No, nah, you can't post that. Where producers are like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you know. Or then there's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's perfect. That'll get a ton of articles on IGN and Hollywood Reporter and Variety and all that stuff, you know? And so, like, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I don't know if it was just, like, a, my cynical self being like, are these people being, like, you know, disingenuous or not, you know? But, like, I, I guess that's just me being, like, like, twirl, like, you know, brushing my imaginary goatee and being like, hmm, is this right? Is this the way they truly feel? And, you know, all that jazz. But, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to me. Like, it, it really is. So, yeah, I've always kind of, like, wondered about that. Because I've seen a lot of videos of, like, the Stranger Things kids hanging out and playing around and, you know, just doing weird stuff on Instagram. And then it's like, hashtag watch Stranger Things 3 because we have so much fun doing this. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I'm sure they have a great time. But, you know, you know. I don't know. Maybe it's me and my skeptical self because you know when it gets down to it it's a job like actors work and they're long days too like you know it's nothing chill about it and you know i'm sorry i'm not gonna i'm not trying to make producers seem like they're the devil or anything but like people like producers and directors sometimes make the job pretty hard too you know and so it's just like one of those deals where i'm like yeah yeah just you know like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, like, making much sense here. But it's just, like, it's one of those deals where I kind of hope that, you know, people are happy at their jobs. Because I know things can get really, really hard and sad. But, yo. Y'all hear about what Warner Brothers is doing? Because I heard Warner Brothers was doing this new streaming service. And I was like... Okay, Warner Brothers is doing a new streaming service. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm like Warner Brothers is doing a new streaming service and whatever. That's honestly what I was thinking. I was like, okay, they're going to have all the DC stuff. They're going to have, you know, the Hanna-Barbera stuff probably, um, you know, Disney or Disney. Um, they're going to have um, Cartoon Network stuff and all those kind of things and, you know, whatever. It'll be fine. It'll be okay. But no. Warner Brothers goes out here. Kicking, punching, elbowing, getting Netflix right in the face, getting Disney Plus right in the face, kneeing people, and then literally spitting on CBS All Access because it shouldn't exist. And, you know, stomping on NBC, being like, yeah, take away the office from everybody. We'll still beat you. Ha! They go out of the gate doing this, and they announce HBO Max has all these HBO content, has all this, um, has all this content with um, Cartoon Network and and like all this Warner content, 
DC Universe content, like the DC Universe streaming is probably going to get amount. It's probably just going to like be a part of that. They're going to have all these CW shows on there. This HBO Max is going to be a force to reckon with. And I'm probably going to get it. And if you asked me a year ago, Corey, would you get a Warner Brothers streaming service? I'd be like, no. Because I would be thinking that HBO, although it's like Time Warner, it's all kind of the same thing. I wouldn't think that that would be a part of it. But HBO is going to be a part of it. So, hell yeah, 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 I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do that. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm just like really just stoked for this uh first thing so it's gonna have friends there for all you friends lovers (laughs) and yeah it's just going to uh, yeah i think it's gonna be a good time and like yeah i'll have harry potter there Ooh, gosh just think about all the properties that um Think about the properties that um, are going to be in it. And so it's just really interesting. I'm trying to, like, look and see, like, what's going to be on HBO Max. But for some reason, every article that pops up for me has been, and by the way, I might've mentioned this in the earlier thing, but (laughs) I did not look up any show notes today. I'm kind of just going off. I kind of just go off the cuff today, which is why it's going to be a shorter show. But, (laughs) um, okay. So let's see. But yeah, it's just, gosh, it's like HBO programming, um, you know, whatever J.J. Abrams is probably working on for them right now, you know, because he's just doing this deal with with Warner Brothers right now. Ah, shoot. This is just going to be a ton of fun. And um, Greg Berlanti is going to produce four initial movies for the young adult genre for HBO Max. Um, Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine will produce at least two films for the service. Dune, The Sisterhood, an adaptation of Kevin Anderson's book, um, created by Frank Herbert's book, Dune, director Denis Villeneuve. Oh, cool. So that's going to be on there. Uh, Tokyo Vice will be on there. Um, I'm not sure who that is. I'm not going to lie, but yeah. And let's see. Let's see what else is going to be on there. My gosh, wow. I'm like really excited. Just like a ton of HBO stuff. Stephen King's The Outsider, a dark mystery starring Ben Mendelsohn, um, produced and directed by Jason Bateman. Oh, heck yes. I am so for that. You ever watch Ozarks at all with Jason Bateman directing some of the episodes and writing those scripts? Dude, that guy is talented. Way more talented than you'd think. Because the thing is, he's usually the same in everything. He's the same in Arrested Development, same in a lot of the movies he was in, like in Hancock and all those things. But he is a talented guy. He is very talented. Like, props to him. And so, like, yeah. He's just... He's just a talented dude. Super excited. So just absolutely stoked for this HBO Max. And it frustrates me because you know me. I like complain about these streaming services popping up and everything like that. So I'm like, no, not the streaming services. No! You're making it as, as you know, bad as cable. And I don't know how much this is going to cost. But right now, HBO costs me about... Shit. I mean, crap. (laughs) Try not to cuss during this podcast. Uh, HBO um, costs me about... Shoot. um, Costs me like $15. Even though I split... Or 
yeah, even though I or it cost about twelve dollars because I split HBO with my girlfriend actually, like we um we like we each pay about like six bucks for it, but you know because we both use it, it's on my account, and um so it's about twelve dollars. So HBO Max, honestly, if they want to be competitive with Disney, make it like seven. You know, I know they probably won't do that, but they really need to just get competitive with Disney on this and do it. Even though I'm getting both services, like that's just the way it's going to be. I'm gonna probably gonna get HBO because it's you know like I mean, honestly, this is just the best bang for your buck. You get all this Warner content, you get all this HBO content. I'm all for it. And it's crazy. I think it's going to be a better streaming service than Netflix. I think Netflix is done. Not now. I think Netflix is going to be done in about seven years, probably. Maybe five, maybe four. I don't know, probably not four. But I think Netflix is done in the way that Disney's either going to pick them up or Time Warner's probably going to pick them up or hopefully like, somebody's going to get Netflix. Somebody's going to get their huge library of stuff, and hopefully they still let some of the creative people do some of the same things with their TV shows, because I think that'd be interesting. And it's not that I don't like Netflix, don't get me wrong, it's just that it's just not as good as it was, because other people popped up, and they're like, oh yeah, we could do this, we could do the streaming game, and then we could do it better than you even, you know? And like, it's one of those things where it's... It's okay, like, like I'm sorry, like, I, like it, I don't know. It's just a shell of what it kind of used to be creatively, in my opinion, in certain sakes. And plus, they've just made some weird decisions. Like, they canceled their best shows. And I don't know, that might be just me, me, me being, like, completely subjective and everything like that when I say that. But still, it's just, like, one of those things where I think that really should be... Um, I think you really should pay attention to that. So yeah, HBO Max. What do you all think of it? Let me know. Like, please let me know. Like, like I'm at Osborne in a Cabin on Twitter. Um, ask me or tell me what you think about these streaming service. Do you think they're, you know, predatory? Do you think you're like, no, there's too many of them. They're making me spend too much money, which I'm in the boat of like companies like NBC and CBS making a streaming service when they damn well know that people literally pay cable or literally not pay cable, but you know, literally have like pay for TV and everything like that. And they watch their stuff there. They're just trying to, let's like very opportunistic and gross. And I guess, I guess I just, I guess what makes me mad about companies like NBC doing it or CBS doing it is because I like certain things that they do. Like, I really like Brooklyn Nine-Nine on NBC, even though it used to be at Fox. And, like, you don't see Fox trying to make a streaming service, even though they can't make a streaming service. Oh, they could, but it's going to be all at Disney now. But it's, like, one of those things where... It's just frustrating to see it all. Like when their stuff can be readily available on TV and it's just like it just seems just opportunistic and it seems like they're just trying to take advantage of the uh, of the landscape and they're just trying to get more money, which I understand companies just want to get more money, but literally putting up a wall and not sharing their content. is just gross to me. Like, I just don't like it. I don't like it. One thing that's interesting is, you know, I'm talking here, you know, talking about who um, Netflix's doom. But I'm not even talking about Hulu's doom. Like, I think Hulu's probably going to get bought up, too. All these these OGs, I think they're going to be bought up by, like, Disney and, you know, just gobbled up. Because Disney practically owns Hulu anyways at this point. So it's just, like, one of those things where you got to, like... I just think that it's really interesting. Maybe when Disney gets them completely, they can, you know... They can clean up that terrible UI that they refuse to change. I think that I've, like, complained about the UI a billion times. I think that I've written up complaints for it before. Like, I legit have. I, I feel, I feel like, I don't know, like a weird dude that's just like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to complain about this! <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like, it's garbage.
garbage. I don't know. It's just one of those things that's frustrating for me because I'm like, why? 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 <laughs> but with that being said, I'm really excited for HBO Max. I'm excited for what they do. Um, I like Warner Brothers as a company. Uh, hopefully, there's some new HBO content that's great. Hopefully, the new Game of Thrones series. It's apparently shooting right now. That's interesting. But the new Game of Thrones series, hopefully that's good. I'm really excited for that. I'm excited for somebody who isn't D.B. Weiss and Benioff um, working on the thing. So, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I think I'm going to just go ahead and, you know, wind things down a little bit. Just kind of just talk. Talk for the last few minutes of the podcast and, you know, just kind of... I've never really told you guys or anything, guys and gals, how this podcast kind of came to be. We talked about it, like Chance and I talked about it a little bit because our friend Brandon, Brandon Kim, is talking about how he wanted to start a podcast talking about movies because, you know, that's all what we all did after class anyways. And so we talked about it. It was Brandon's idea to have the podcast, but it turned out to just be Chance and I's kind of thing. And Brandon's invited any time to be on there, though. But yeah, we all met in uh, to like media writing class. That's where Chance and I met. And Chance was a really rad kid who or is a really rad kid who really likes memes. And then we would like send memes to each other all the time. And then we were just pal. We just became quick friends. And then we learned that we had so many of the same interests when it comes to like movies and different things like that and just kind of talking about movies and listening to podcasts. So we were like, yo, let's just start a podcast. And honestly, Chance is like the best co-host on the planet. He's great. Great guy. But you know, so yeah, that's kind of how the podcast went to be. And you know what it is, is like, and it was also just a way for me to kind of practice talking um on the air and talking and producing content a lot because it's one of those things where I've always wanted to just do it and I had done it but I just didn't really do it enough or consistently enough and I think it was the perfect like being accountable to a co-host and being like yeah we're gonna record this or yeah we're gonna do this really could put things in perspective for me for you know putting in things on time and having a schedule, and being good with the said schedule, and everything like that, and so, yeah, like, that's kind of what this podcast has been to me, and it's become even more, especially hearing from people that they actually listen to it, and actually, like, want to keep on listening to it, and they, like, tell me about things, like, I, like, I had somebody say that they're, like, a podcast junkie, and they're very particular about their podcasts, and then they listen to mine. I'm like, what? Really? We ramble all the time. <laughs> we get on rabbit trails and it's just weird sometimes, you know, trying to work on it, get a little better. But I'm like, I really appreciate that. Like, you know, like it's, it's really cool. It's really fun. And, you know, and honestly, this podcast right now is the first podcast that I've ever completely recorded by myself. I thought that I was just going to get at 30 minutes, honestly. I thought I was going to hit 30 minutes and it's going to be fine. But then I just kind of hit a stride and I was like, ooh, I got this. I got this. This is going to be fun. This is cool. This is neat. But yeah, so like I'm pretty excited. Um, pretty, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how things have been going. I just crossed 600 um, listens. So thank you. We've did, well, not, I didn't just do that. We did that. So I'm really excited, really happy that y'all are listening to podcast. You know, it's just really just, just blessed to have my listeners, and I'll always think about you, no matter how big this podcast gets. If it stays the same size forever, or if it gets bigger, if it gets smaller, I still think about you guys, you know? So, very, very grateful for y'all listening. So, yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of how the podcast started, and I've been wanting to do some new things lately. Like, I was chatting today, and I was saying, like, I want to do, like, um, a Joe Rogan kind of type podcast where I just talk to people who are interesting and just talk about whatever's happening. It's going to be called Current Conundrums, and um, I'm really excited for that. Like, it'll just be we'll just be talking about whatever's going on that week in particular. 
I would love to have a daily thing, but I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like Joe Rogan. I don't have the time or the funds, funds, funds. I can't say funds. It just comes out as F-U-N-S, not F-U-N-D-S. That's weird. But <laughs> anyways, uh, I don't have like the ability to have somebody over every single day. That'd be crazy. I'd run out of people. I don't have like interesting, like I can't just like call up like Elon Musk to just drop in here and smoke some weed <laughs> in the middle of a podcast. Y'all hear about that? That was nuts. It's like Elon Musk in the middle. Tesla's Tesla stocks is just dipping because they're like Elon Musk decides to just smoke marijuana in the middle of a, <laughs> middle of a podcast. <laughs> oh gosh it was great it was a few months ago but it was a ton of it was so funny it's just hilarious because i it was one of those like moments when you're like watching something you're like is this really about to happen like elon musk oh gosh he's such a weirdo but you know he could be on anytime i think he's hilarious he's just a little weird and he needs to do stuff to you know make sure his company doesn't you know oust him but you know you know <laughs> gosh i can't believe that i'm at like almost at 50, 50 minutes right now. That's crazy. That makes me so happy. You know? Dang. Cool. I like this. <laughs> but, you know, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Just keep your ears out, your ears and your eyes peeled on the social media to see what's coming next. Because, you know, Box Office Bros is going to be a weekly thing. It's always going to be a thing. But there's going to be more stuff. And just in case y'all didn't know... This is a part of a podcast network, a podcast network that I made called the Rough Ninja Network. And I figured that I wouldn't call it the Rough Ninja Network podcast until I actually have more podcasts. <laughs> so it can actually be, you know, a real network and everything like that. So yeah, more stuff's coming. It's going to be a good time. And I can't thank you all enough for listening. So yeah, I guess that's a good place to go. Y'all be blessed. Y'all have an amazing day, an amazing night, whatever you're listening to this. And the box office, bro, is out. <laughs>